Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are Sasha Shuchek and Lyle Werner from The Levy Toppers. When I asked what tunes they wanted to play, they said Marcus Martin tunes. And uh, it's been a while since we had a good old-fashioned fiddler study on Get Up in the Cool, so I'm proud to bring back the edutainment. Thank you, Sasha and Lyle, for being uh, so erudite about old-time music. Shout out to my new fiddler buddy, Eva Doro. I hope I'm saying your last name right, um, who helped me cram for this interview. Eva happened to know most of the tunes that Sasha and Lyle chose, so I got to learn these tunes in an awesome jam a few hours before we recorded, instead of trying to pull up Slippery Hill on my phone in my car at Clifftop. So, thanks, Eva. Make sure to stick around after the jam, and I'll tell you where you can find all of Sasha's and Lyle's music online and in person. If you get to the very end and you need one more tune, you might consider pledging some money to get up in the cool via Patreon. One of the reward levels is access to the weekly bonus track blog. For this week's bonus track, Lyle plays a beautiful version of Marcus Martin's original Grey Eagle, not that derivative Grey Eagle that you're used to, uh, and I'd love for you to hear it. There's other rewards too, like on-air shoutouts, monthly online banjo workshops, and weekly MP3 downloads of all the tunes featured on Get Up In The Cool, including the entire Get Up In The Cool backlog. That reward is still on sale for $7 an episode, but it won't be for long. As soon as last month's pledge goal is met for paying my guests, which is a thing that I do now, which I'm really excited about, um, that reward level will go back to $8 an episode. So now's the time hurry up and get it special thanks to my new patreon supporters lou bradley and Corey campbell and ellen roosevelt and armand Araman again because they raised their pledge amount uh being on the receiving end of all this generosity and encouragement does me real good and it makes me want to keep the show going so seriously thank you so much i just bought tickets to chicago for thanksgiving where i'm going to record matt brown from the old town school of folk music and uh, portland for christmas and the old time gathering where i hope to record as many west coast old time players as possible i couldn't do that without my patreon supporters if you want to join the ranks and get super cool and exclusive rewards, go to CameronDeWitt.com, click the Patreon button, and choose a level that works for you. It's super easy. You could probably do it while listening to the show without missing anything. Speaking of the show, let's start it. Here's my interview and jam with Sasha Shuchek and Lyle Werner. Enjoy.
Uh, I feel very content. <laughs> that tune's so good. Um, Sasha, Shuchek, yeah. and Maya Werner. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. Yeah. So y'all wanted to play Marcus Martin tunes. That's all we're doing today. Just yeah. Marcus Martin tunes. Why? What made you choose Marcus Martin? Well, what a great fiddler he was. I mean, I think Lyle and I both really love um, some of the recordings of him that are out there. He had just this kind of magical, ethereal, mystical, you know, something going on with his playing and that's part of what really draws me in yeah i think i think a lot of it for me is just like you know i i have a tendency to listen to just a few fiddlers at a time and recently i've been listening to a lot of marcus martin and the the main things that have that have made me feel inspired by him are just the the very resonant quality of his of his fiddling. I mean, to me, it sounds like maybe he was playing on a pretty flat bridge, so he was able to do yeah play three strings at once a lot of the times. And sometimes his bowings are just really like mystifying. Um, and some of some of his tunes have have things that are harmonically unusual for the the modern ear. Yeah, I noticed that as I was. <laughs> prepping the tunes that you guys sent me. Yeah, there's definitely some really interesting stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and for those who may not be familiar, he was um, a fiddler born in, I think, 1881 in um, Macon County, North Carolina. I believe that's I believe that's so, and I believe he's buried somewhere in, in Asheville, actually. Um, How old are those recordings? Like, when was he recorded? Because the recordings sound really good that I've heard. I think the... Okay, so there's there's the Jan Shinhan. I don't know if it's Jan or Jan, but I think those were made in the '40s or '50s, mm. and I don't remember when the the Peter Hoover recordings were made. Mm. Uh, I wonder if those are maybe made a little later. So he was sure. already kind of getting on a little, at least a little bit. Yeah. Like by the time they started. I mean, yeah, especially yeah. because like you know, Bascom Lamar Lunsford was was facilitating. Um, a lot of the the folk music around around Asheville, so yeah. He definitely liked Marcus's playing, and I think had him perform and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the other thing that's really great about Marcus Martin is he's so reflective of the 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 style of Western North Carolina fiddling. I mean, when you compare him to Manco Sneed or J.D. Harris yeah. or, or Ernest and Ozzy Helton or um, oh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, was it Charlie Bowman? I forget. forget. I wish I could help you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm forgetting. But yeah, I mean, there's just there's just this like really definitive style of western north carolina fiddling it's just like so like rhythmically heavy and like i don't know it's got a cool pace to it yeah yeah it's different than that different than the round peak stuff that uh that you know a lot of us are very familiar with Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely how far away geographically is it from round peak area well Asheville is about three hours from mount airy it's funny how much of a difference. Driving yeah. in a car. Yeah. Driving in a car. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the key difference. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That's a good point. Well, great. Um, 
That was Happy Hollow. That's Happy Hollow. Yeah. And uh, I think we're going to go on to another tune that's in Calico tuning called Sandy River. Mm-hmm. So I think Happy Hollow is probably the one that I've heard the most in jams. Okay. But the rest of these, other than Jenny uh, ran away in the mud in the night, uh, or run away in the mud in the night, <laughs> uh, I think those are the only two that I like really consistently hear. Okay. A lot of these are new to me, so that's I hope hopefully people will... If they're not already playing them a lot, hopefully they will. I yeah, I hope so, so too. Yeah, the converts. Great. <laughs> Sandy River. Sandy River.
Sorry, uh, I kept getting the eye from you. I couldn't tell when we were ending. <laughs> okay, well, we were. He was giving the eye because we were trying to um, s- signify when the B section's coming in. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, that one can be a little. I mean, it's a squirrely. A little tricksy. Yeah. I love how like all of the. Uh, there's some bird flipping going on. Audience <laughs> <laughs> at home. So uh, there's a. Uh, I love how this tune, like, kind of on the surface, seems kind of simple, uh, but even just, like, going from the B to the A part, there's this, like, um, it starts in a really strange way. Yeah. Like, those little things, like, starting a phrase off like that on the end of one. I know that's the thing that's funny that that's the thing that's funny about it is like you know starting starting that tune that tune off it's it's got the weirdest little pickup yeah that's really cool yeah I can't remember if that's exactly how Marcus plays it but you know well I like how you play that's not how we internalize yeah we're not you know we're not precision precision oriented I love the I love the pauses too. Like yeah, I love old time tunes with pauses. Uh, I know, and there's a lot of space in his fiddling. Yeah, I think that adds to the mystical nature of it. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah. So, Sasha, uh, how did you start playing old time music? How, well, and maybe music in general. Is it the same story? <laughs> it's well, that's well, not exactly. I I guess I I grew up playing piano and. Um, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Los Angeles, California, and there's a lot of um, great arts and culture there, and my parents um, exposed me to a lot of music and art growing up, and um, I was, yeah, I was taking piano lessons um, most of the time I was growing up, and then towards the end of high school, I started getting interested in fiddle music, um, and, uh, you know, I thought, I really want to try that out, but I was kind of scared because there's sort of a technical hurdle with the yeah. instrument it can be so technically frustrating at the start so Boy, is it <laughs> yeah so there were there were there were a couple of years there where it was like um you know swimming against the uh, current and kind of doubting myself thinking maybe i wasn't gonna make it as a fiddler but i think i was i so loved fiddle music that i just kept going even though it was you know rough at the start yeah. um learning the instrument itself i actually first started out playing traditional irish music um, and I was doing a lot of that, and I even moved to Ireland for two years um, when I was 19 and lived over there and, and played a lot um, of Irish tunes. And it was actually while I was in Ireland, away from America, that I got interested in American fiddling. Huh. Um, like homesick or something? How did that happen? <laughs> no, I was, I, I just, um, I saw a sign for an old time jam at uh, one of my favorite pubs for Irish sessions, the Cobblestone in Dublin. Um, and uh, so I went to go check it out, and they were just really friendly people. And you know, they said, "Oh, you're from America. Come sit down. You must you must play old time tunes." Yeah. I was like, "Actually, I came here to learn Irish music, but I'd I'd love to try it out." Yeah. And so my friend Bill Whelan, who's a banjo player in Dublin, who um, hosts that that jam there at the Cobblestone, he sort of took me under his wing and gave me some recordings and like yeah. let me borrow a banjo for a while and showed me a few tunes and. And uh, that, that's kind of how I first got interested in, in old-time music, so. Has that, like, uh, uh, starting with uh, Irish fiddling, 
And then also, I guess, learning from Irish <laughs> musicians, has that like affected your old time playing at all? You know, I suppose I'll let the listeners be the judge of that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I try to separate the two styles as much as I can, because although they have a lot of historical connections, um, stylistically, they're so different. And yeah. bowing wise, Irish fiddling is like a world away from old time fiddling. Um, I really favor the Schlieve Lucre style of Irish music, which um, comes from uh, counties carrying Cork. And some of the recordings I've heard from some of the old players from that area, like Julia Clifford or Dennis Murphy or Padraig O'Keefe, you know, it's not totally dissimilar to some things you might hear in old time hmm. music. Um, so I feel like they they have some relationship, but I really try to I try to keep the two separate. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's almost impossible to bow an old-time fiddle tune the way you would an Irish tune or vice versa, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, if anyone's interested in the intersection between Irish music and old-time music, they should definitely check out recordings of these two brothers, the Rainey brothers, who were um, traveling Irish musicians um, who have this incredible style of Irish fiddling that's sort of unlike any other Irish fiddling I've heard because it really sounds a lot like old-time music. They're doing a lot of double stops, um, and just the, the bowing is incredible. So, yeah, check out the Rainies. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's let's get to this next tune. I think you guys yeah. need to go to uh, Cross, huh? We do need to go is to Cross. Is it time for Jenny? Yeah, I think yeah. it's time yeah. for Jenny ran great, away great. in the month of night. Quick tuning Jenny cool. ran away. Is it ran or run? I, th I think it's Jenny ran away in the mud in the night. In the that mud. would make sense in with the, the lyrics. Jenny yeah. ran away in the, in the mud in the, in the night. night. Jenny ran away when the moon shone bright. I don't know the rest of it. Something, something, something. Yeah, I can't decide hey, for the rest he, of it. Here's an open call to the old time hive mind. <laughs> if someone knows what Marcus is singing, please let us know. Yes, right please in. Let us know. Because <laughs> it would be really nice to sing it. Because, like, the first two lyrics are awesome. Yes. Jenny run away in the mud in the night. That's a great lyric. So I would love to know what the rest of it is. Anyway. <laughs> I also I love the phrasing on it. Jenny ran away in the mud in the night. It's just like yeah. it's just like fiddle bowing, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it totally is. I didn't put that together. Sure. Okay. Also, are we all are we all really in tune? I don't think we are. <laughs> Let, let's get that snark. Let's get Tommy Gerald's right, snark right. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His his snark is buried. You know, he, <laughs> yeah. buried up there. I mean, he ha he even had his own song for tuning. Uh, when snarks encompass me round. Ah! <laughs> oh my goodness. Let me ah! let me snark. That is. <laughs> <laughs> S snark on my knees. <laughs> oh. I snark draws me. I snark. <laughs> The blackest snark. <laughs> blackest snark. <laughs> this is the blackest snark. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> snark on the puppy.
That's a fun tune. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is more fun with that seven that way. <laughs> That's way good. <laughs> awesome. So, Lyle, uh, how'd you start playing old-time music? How'd you start playing music in general? Same story. Well, stories. Um, so, the way I started playing music was I came home from school with In the Jungle from Lion King stuck in my head. And I could not stand <laughs> that song. It like, is kind of an earworm in a bad way. Yeah. I was like eight years old. I didn't like kids' music, you know. I uh, thought it was really annoying and like kind of... Well, I didn't have the, wor- the words for it, but it later on I would have... Yeah, I, I, later on I would have said I felt like it was kind of patronizing. Interesting. Yeah. So, I didn't like that song, but it was stuck in my head. And I, I come home and I see the... The electronic keyboard sitting right in front of me I'm like well let's see what happens maybe I can play it and this I, awful song you hate yeah <laughs> yeah uh, and so I'm just sitting there trying to pick it out and my dad comes home and he, so he he uh, he plays piano he plays a bunch of different instruments but that's sort of his main thing and he saw me and I was very embarrassed hmm. um, that he had caught me playing this the song that I actually really did not like, and of course I couldn't actually figure out any notes in it. So he's like, "So, uh, well, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Uh, I'm trying to figure out song from The Lion King." And so he started to show me how to figure it out by ear. Yeah. Um, and then later that day he showed me how to, I don't know put chords together and string them together to sort of like make little songs and I did that for a little while and eventually picked up guitar when I was a teenager and just playing like punk rock bands and then um, I started traveling once I got out of high school and I sort of put down the guitar and went over to banjo and mandolin I had met a claw hammer player and was utterly fascinated by it so I spent about a year um, like being pretty into claw hammer but without actually having heard banjo and fiddle together yeah um, but you know fast forward a couple years later like I, I had gotten a fiddle and I had been living in Richmond, Virginia at the time. I, I grew up in Northwest Indiana, about an hour from Chicago. Um, but I, I ended up in Richmond for a little while, and I started going to this old-time jam and started transitioning from being a um, from playing primarily banjo to playing a little bit more fiddle. But once I went to Clifftop, and then in the subsequent months moved to New Orleans, then it, then it was like it's just all about fiddle. I sold sold my banjo so I could fix fix up my fiddle and uh, yeah I started I, a friend of mine gave me a bunch of old Emmett Lundy and mm. Luther Strong and John Salyer recordings and then that was it, it was like wow, this is just amazing stuff I yeah. gotta learn it <laughs> so no previous violin experience no, experience. no when I was a kid uh I probably would have actually preferred to play violin or fiddle, but you know, my dad plays 
piano and guitar and drums and stuff. So that's kind of what I stuck to. And we didn't have an orchestra at my school. So, you know, it's just, a, yeah. it was just like, well, you know, I could, I could potentially be into playing violin or fiddle, but um, yeah, I'll just stick with this stuff. And it was great. I was really happy with that. Um, so yeah, it, yeah, it was really nice to come along to fiddle and just pick that up and work with it for a while. Yeah. What's a what's the old time scene like in New Orleans? Um, so we have a square a monthly square dance uptown, and it's re- really pretty well attended and a lot of fun. Uh, and then every Tuesday we have this country night that it's mostly like honky tonk yeah. and jug band kind of stuff. But sure. then um, one of those Tuesdays we do a square dance, a real short one. Um, and then there's a weekly jam, uh, and it's, yeah, it's pretty fun. There's quite a few people that play old time in New Orleans. You know, when I first moved there in 2010, there were there were maybe only like six or seven people that played, um, which is a really pretty small number in comparison to all the other musicians in, in that town. I mean, it's just, it's just pretty much every almost every style of american music is well represented in new orleans so yeah for a while it's like come on man we gotta we gotta get some old-time musicians yeah. down here and now it's just like there's there's a huge selection of people to play play with it's a lot of fun so do you play any other uh tr- like music that's popular in new orleans or like do you do any other traditions uh, well, there is a little country scene in New Orleans, yeah. and so I play with, with a couple groups there. Um, there's the Wasted Lives, which is sort of like, they describe themselves as a honkabilly band. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> honkabilly. Yeah, so it's sort of like a mixture of, of like classic 40s and 50s honky-tonks, sort of early hillbilly, yeah. uh, and a little bit of rockabilly too. West sort of western swingy kind of it's pretty fun uh and we're the the house band for for the all-star covered dish country jamboree (laughs) that happens every tuesday at 9 p.m um so if you're ever in new orleans just look that up and come on out it's a lot of fun um sorry i just had to throw that in there yeah please please (laughs) plug away yeah (laughs) So, uh, and I also play with another another group there called es- Esther Rose, and it's a it's a little bit country, a little bit something else. I, I don't I don't really know how to describe it, but I really enjoy Esther's songwriting and the arrangements that are that our bandmates that we all come up come up with together. It's pretty fun. Do you uh, play fiddle in that? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then I also play with a group called Todd Day Waits Pig Pen, which is. Can you say that again? Oh, I know it's a mouthful. Yeah. Todd Day Waits Pig Pen. Is the person's name Todd Day Waits? It's Todd Day Wait. Todd Day Wait. Yeah. Apostrophe S. That's that's pen. that's correct. Okay. Great, great, great. I just want to make sure people can find it. Yeah. Yeah, and that band that band's pretty fun. We do some like some western swings yeah. and. We like Ernest Tubb a lot, uh, and uh, you know, a lot of the early, early 40s and 50s 
classic honky tonk and western swing. Cool. Yeah. So you're not just playing. Uh, you're not just playing tunes. You're you're taking solos and stuff. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what? I th I think one of my favorite things about about the fiddle is the, the ability to just play behind a singer and like like kind of like sculpt out um, harmonies and rhythms that yeah. are sort of behind what a singer is doing. You yeah. Know? Yeah. There's breaks involved too, but I in some ways I feel. I feel a little bit more captivated by 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 filling than by soloing, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, uh, what should we? What are we playing next? What's the G? Sugar in the Gordon? Is sugar that next? Sugar in the Gordon. Let's play that Sugar in the Gordon. well I mean uh, sometimes when it rains on the show it just sounds like a vinyl or something nice. or maybe we'll sound more like uh, Ed Hammonds or recording, something yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about that yeah alright cool Holy, uh, so Sasha you um, yeah just lean into the mic whenever possible to keep from the uh, uh, overcome the rain uh, you play a lot of different stuff you like play country music in, right and you do like shape note singing and what else? Or is well, that right? <laughs> yeah, that's about right. I sing. I, I wouldn't say, you know, I couldn't do as nice a fiddle as Lyle does on some of those country songs or whatnot. But that's part of why I like playing with Lyle's because I get to pick up a guitar and, and sing some songs. Um, I love singing Carter family songs, yeah. you know, some of the early brother harmonies um, from the, you know, sort of like that time period just before bluegrass really became bluegrass yeah and, you know um but i love singing country stuff too like I, I sing some kitty wells and other things like that um and then 
uh, another big thing I do a lot, maybe more than anything else, is I sing Sacred Heart music. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, four-part acapella um, hymn singing, mostly associated with um, traditional Southern style of singing. Sacred Harp is a tune book that has a lot of um, hymns that are notated in um, a shape note system. So anyway, I'm sure we can talk about that more sometime, but yeah, yeah. I do a lot of that stuff. <laughs> right on, right on. Right yeah. On. <laughs> um, well, how many more tunes do we have? Is it two more? I think we've got two more tunes. What's the next one? What are we playing next? We're playing... Um, Walking the Water. Walking the Water. Okay. I yeah. think that's what it's called. It's either called Walking the Water or Walking Water Reel. Okay. I've even heard some people say Walking on Water. My friend Cleek Shry is the one that showed me this tune. And or, or it might just be Walking Water. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's play it. I get the feeling that pretty soon we will be walking on water here. Oh yeah, it's yeah. really coming down. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have one tune left, um, and before we do that, I just want to say, Sasha Lyle, thanks so much for being on the show. Your fiddling is beautiful, and uh, I'm glad this like tour that you just went on. Yeah. Uh, you kind of threw that together more or less last minute, right? Like, well, how planned was this? Sort of. Um, back. I live in Philly these days, and back in Philly, um, I play with these two guys, the Brothers McLeod, Jeff and Andy, and um, Andy was planning a little tour with a friend of his from Texas, yeah. and uh, invited me to come along, and um, I knew that Lyle was looking for a ride to Clifftop, and I said, 
we should get my friend Lyle to come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I met Lyle um, earlier this year in January when I was visiting some sacred harp singing friends in New Orleans. And um, we, we played some tunes over at Lyle's place in New Orleans and had a great time. And I was just looking forward to any other chance I could get to play music with him again. And I just thought it would be the perfect opportunity, this little tour with Andy. Um, so we put together a string band and um, we recorded a CD in Fishtown where Andy lives and um, yeah, we call ourselves the Levy Toppers. <laughs> so we just toured for a week. Um, That's a great band name. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Lyle's, it's a, Lyle's invention. <laughs> yeah, awesome. It's actually not my invention. Oh. <laughs> um, so, one of, the, one of the last lineups uh, for the, the Levy Toppers was um, John Hatchett on guitar and Ben Walters on banjo and we were trying to come up with a band name and we were while we were doing a little photo shoot because we were planning a tour um, where we would be recording on wax cylinder in Nashville uh, what? and then <laughs> and then going out for for a little tour just all over the place yeah, awesome. in, in the upland south so um, we were standing on the levee and it was just so natural ben was just like why don't we call ourselves the levee toppers yeah. and you know since since then uh ben has moved back to virginia and you know john's got a full-time band so i for me the levee toppers is is uh i just i i i just figure out whoever I really like to play with and sometimes we'll do tours once in a while. Yeah, and just call it Levy Toppers. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Andy and I became Levy Toppers for this tour we went on before Clifftop. It's a pretty fun tour. We did Philly, Phoenixville, DC. We hit up Virginia and then we played a couple places in North Carolina before we made our way back north up to West Virginia. So, yeah. We have a CD. You can find it on Bandcamp. It's the levytoppers.bandcamp.com. You can find one that Lyle recorded with um, his friends from New Orleans, and then also our more recent album the, under that same band. It's called name. the Fish, the Fishtown Stomp. Right? Yeah, it's called Fishtown Stomp. We also recorded a great it. Name. Yeah, very we, good. We recorded it in Fishtown um, in Philadelphia, and um, Fishtown Stomp is a tune that Andy wrote, oh, a guitar cool. tune. So yeah. <laughs> well, um, let's play this last tune. Yeah. Um, Probably my favorite one Ooh, out of this yeah. set, and uh, especially exemplifies some of the like harmonic ambiguity you were talking about earlier, and um, of Mar in Marcus's playing. And uh, yeah, thanks for being on the show, and let me get in tune real quick, and then we'll play. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Gonna get into somber because looks like it's letting up a little. Great. We can get a cleaner recording. Yeah. Um, should we say anything about this tune? Oh, if you have something to say, by all means, do it. Yeah. Okay, so this is a tune from Marcus Martin called Polly Put the Cattle On. And what I think is interesting about this tune uh, is that he uses some really strange uh, scales. So, so the major third is flatted sometimes. It's kind of like, so it's a G tune, but sometimes they'll go to like a B flat chord. And then in the B part, Instead of having having an, a flatted seven like you would expect consistently throughout the tune, there's one part where there's a 
very strong uh, normal seven in there. So it's kind of like this tune just sort of sort of shifts through different uh, different different it, different ways to express the scale. I don't know. It's yep. it's some weird stuff. Yeah. It's a really neat tune. You know, um, speaking of Irish fiddling, I was mentioning earlier. It it kind of reminds me more of an Irish modality, you know, with the scale that's going on yeah. and sort of how melodic it is. I really love this tune. Yeah, I mean, especially once you listen to the Marcus Martin recordings, it's it, recording of it. It's like it just it just reminds you that that there's that there's no pure perfect intonation. There's like there's various. Uh, various interpretations of what it means to play with good intonation. Yes. Because when you hear his, it's like, okay, that's a little bit different than what I would, what I would expect. But it has like a strong expressive aspect to it. And like, it's also very you know. like his, his fiddling. I feel like in the recordings that I listen to, it's very like physically resonant. Yeah. Like there's like a, it. Yeah, like all of the chords and the double stops that he plays in this tune are just like uh, kind of physically affecting. Like when I listen to them, absolutely. I think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think that and the sense of pitch is part of what makes it so good and so tasty. You know. Yeah. If you haven't heard those Marcus Martin recordings yet, do check them out. Field Recorders Collective has a CD out, I think, and Slippery Hill has some tracks. So yeah. Look them up. Thank you. 
Go check out Sasha's and Lyle's music. I included links to all the bands and albums and Facebook pages they mentioned in the episode notes in your podcatching app, on my website, and on the Facebook post. But you should especially check out the Levy Toppers. They've got two excellent albums available on Bandcamp, and if you like and follow them on Facebook, you'll see their tour dates when they post them. If you live between New Orleans and Philly, they're coming your way in January, so go subscribe and wait for the news. Also, I included a link to the Marcus Martin album that the Field Recorders Collective put out, so make sure and go get that. If you're in the D.C. area, come out to the Hamlin Street Diner on December 2nd to see me and get up in the cool favorite and one of my favorite people, Jake Blunt, play a duo old-time set. We're going to play really fast, and I'm going to play a bunch of wacky banjo chords, and it's going to be awesome. There's no Facebook event yet, but I'll keep reminding you and get a link as soon as I can. If you want to regularly support Get Up in the Cool financially, then you're really thoughtful and generous and deserved to be rewarded with exclusive bonus content. Go to CameronDuet.com, click the Patreon button, choose a level that works for you, and get those prizes. The lower level rewards are very affordable, basically the same as buying an extra cup of coffee every week, depending on how bougie your coffee is. Uh, And the higher level rewards are really good deals. If you sign up for the weekly MP3 downloads, you get like 20 hours of music right away, then 20 to 30 minutes every week after that. And the online banjo workshops are basically like monthly casual banjo lessons. And if you look at it that way, plus all the lower tier rewards that come with it, it's a very, very good deal. Thanks again to all my Patreon supporters, old and new, for keeping Get Up In The Cool running smoothly. Make sure to ask to join the new Get Up In The Cool Facebook group. I'd like for it to be a place for people to talk about the show, request new guests, and share your favorite versions of tunes featured in our jams. Facebook groups are the new pages, you guys, so ask to join. I'll probably let you in. Last but not least, go try my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. It's a very different show, uh, and there's a lot of irreverent, inappropriate humor in it, but if you don't mind that, you might like it. We're almost done with season one, where we listen to every Garth Brooks album in order and do a song-by-song critical review. I'm not sure if anyone's ever put this much thought into Garth's music before, including Garth. We're basically experts now. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for listening, friends. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.